Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Joining me now as we labour through all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. How are you feeling? Pretty good. And it's also International Day of Charity. Oh. So if you're feeling you know, a bit generous, maybe you could start thinking about some charity work today. Fantastic. A great way to start the morning off. Think about what you can do for somebody else. And let's start this morning with two sectors as well that are dominating the market's attention and which to some extent have investors and analysts scratching their heads about the best way to invest. I am talking about artificial intelligence and electric vehicles. More specifically, I'm talking about the precious metal that is powering the EV revolution, lithium. Let's start with the world of lithium, where a $6 billion acquisition appears to be underway. The U.S. company Albemarle is the world's biggest producer of lithium, and it's set to buy an Australian miner called Liontown Resources. Analysts say this deal highlights the stunning rise of Australia's lithium sector. Some Australian mining companies have surged more than tenfold. So tell us more, maybe start with a bullish case uh, for lithium and lithium producers. Yeah, I think the bullish case here is for some time now, you've got these mining companies pretty under the radar. And then you had this boom in the EV space and all things requiring lithium, especially batteries. And of course, everyone's now flocking to find a way to get a slice of the action. And in many cases, investing in some of these mining companies, so much so that you are seeing some of the big boys starting to take notice and then maybe acquiring some of these companies. That's why you are seeing some of these valuations start to pick up just to keep pace with what else is going on in the markets. So you are seeing some of these little-known companies getting quite a good bounce when it comes to their uh, valuations. You pointed out some more than tenfold, just reflecting some of the surge in demand for the metal. Buying lithium companies seem to make sense. As you mentioned, the EV market, that's steadily growing. EV makers need lithium for their batteries. And some analysts believe that demand will outstrip supply within two years. But there could be some holes in the bullish argument. I'm a journalist. I'm always going to look at the other side. There is no shortage of investors who have fallen out of love with lithium. So what's the bearish case? Yeah, if you look at the numbers, there have been some bearish numbers. If you look at some of the ASX Australian-listed lithium stocks, they've actually had a bit of a tumble, more than a 50% drop in their share prices this year, reflecting how things can go up and also go down. And the amount of factors dragging things down is what's playing out in China, which is a big market for lithium. So when the economy is weak in China, you can expect car makers and other parts of the industry to cut back on demand for lithium, which is why you are seeing it go through with a slump. The other factor is how EVs perhaps have reached a bit of a plateau when it comes to demand. You know, those people who have wanted to buy an EV have already bought an EV. They're not going to buy another one so fast. Those who have not moved on to an EV might not move on to it so fast until they finish using their combustible, uh, combustible um, engine type of cars. So that might be down the road further. So in terms of demand for EVs and uh, consequently, batteries, you might be seeing a bit of a plateau for now. So like many assets, timing 
really is everything. Australian lithium companies appear to have peaked last November, but after chalking up big gains, some of the counters have fallen 50% or more. One stock even fell 50% yesterday, Leo Lithium lost half its value following a suspension of a project in Mali. The company is negotiating with Mali's government to resume mining there. So what is your take overall on the lithium sector? We've looked at the bullish and the bearish case. Do you see opportunity now or too much risk? Yeah, I think it comes down to, like you point out, time, right? So in time, there is going to be a compelling case. If you look at the numbers, 5% of worldwide auto sales comes from EVs. 5%. That means the other 95% still has some ways to go in terms of upside. So in terms of perhaps that tipping point for other countries, you might see that demand come through and then of course it will mean more demand for lithium. And the other part of the story here or the equation is how projections are for lithium supplies to start running out as soon as 2025 in terms of the producible supply at least. So that could mean prices could go up. So if you are into the lithium space, this could be some of the more bullish arguments to look at. At the start of the segment, I mentioned two companies that are involved in a multi-billion dollar acquisition, Albemarle and Liontown Resources. Now, shares of Liontown, which is the acquisition target, have more than doubled since the start of the year. Albemarle shares are over the past week. Yeah, for sure. But they are down 23% over the past 12 months. At the top of the show, I promise you two industry segments, lithium and AI. Now, in the world of AI, there's been one very clear winner so far, and that is is NVIDIA. Shares of the chipmaker have more than tripled since the start of the year, but NVIDIA cannot be the only AI winner, I was thinking. So what if we look closer to home? Well, some investors are doing just that, and they're putting data center S-REITs under the spotlight. What are some of the companies that are attracting interest? Yeah, it's one of those things I like to think about. You know, think out of the box, <laughs> think about the picks and shovels, not just look at the gold, so to speak. And this is where data centers come into the equation. So it's worth thinking about it. When you think about AI, they need these data centers and servers to run efficiently. And as applications, the number of them, as well as the demand starts to pick up, Data centers are likely to be in demand. And this is where Capital DC REIT is in a bit of a sweet spot. They operate over 20 data centers across nine countries. So this is putting them in a very nice position to ride this AI wave. So this is something to think about. Maybe it could be a indirect proxy play to ride the AI wave. One company also attracting attention is Digital Core Reach. Now, its tenants are largely big software and cloud companies. So Digital Core is making news today as it is set to join a global index that tracks REITs. So that should be good for its share price. Keppel DC REIT, Capital Land, Ascendus REIT and Maple Tree Logistics Trust also, of course, attracting investor interest. So do you think uh, these S-REITs could potentially be a good way to bank on that? AI growth, you know, the picks and, sh- picks and shovels approach. Mm. Yeah, just looking at share price, Capital DC REIT year-to-date is up over 20%. Mm. So already you have some folks flocking to these data centers. And it's not just AI, if you think about it. All things data is going to power the future economy. So even if you don't like the AI story, even if that doesn't play out, you have the other parts of the, I guess, uh, growth drivers still supporting the data center story. So 
you have that sort of diversification of sorts when you get into a data center play. So as you mentioned, shares of Keppel DC read up some 22% since the start of the year. Digital Core read doing even better. Its units are up 37% over the past three months. Let's turn to the Hong Kong market now where mainland Chinese shares, particularly of property companies, rallied yesterday. Now given everything that we're hearing about the state of China's economy as well as the debt problems facing Country Garden, This all seems a little counterintuitive to me. So what is driving this renewed interest in Chinese property counters? Yeah, in short, good news Mm. in the form of property support measures. So this came through in the past few days and markets were trying to price it in. So among those measures included lowering the minimum down payment for property buyers also easing mortgage restrictions for some home buyers in mega cities in places like Beijing. So just to give you an example, a minimum down payment for mortgages is now being cut to 20% for first-time buyers. For second-time buyers, they'll be cut to 30%. Previously, it was around 30 to 40%. Additionally, if you're trying to borrow money from a bank, there's been some push by policymakers for the banks to give more flexibility and lower their rates and interest rates on new mortgages are being slashed by about 40 percentage points. So that gives a bit more support for the property sector and in turn, we did see some of the property names bounce back including Country Garden which was up over 16% 16% despite all the negative news. A Bloomberg index that tracks Chinese developers surged more than 7% yesterday. That is its biggest gain in six weeks. China Resources and the Long Four Group were amongst the biggest gainers. This comes on news that China is easing mortgage rules, particularly for first-time home buyers. So what do you make of all these property support measures and the market reaction to them? Yeah, I am a bit cautious in terms of the market reaction. So it could be short-lived. And if you look at the early morning action across Asia, that could be quite telling. Not a lot of optimism spilling over to the rest of the region. Mm. And if you think about it, it is a crisis in confidence in China. So you need to have the appetite to spend. So even if you lower rates, even if you give people money, they might not spend it the way you think they might want or hope for them to spend it, right? So you need a lot of things like job security, like youth and unemployment right now is at record highs. Uh, If you look at the ages between 16 to 24, the unemployment rate there is over 21%. That's over five times the bracket for those aged 25 to 59, which is 4.1%. So if you're young, without a job, how likely are you to buy a property? So you've got a lot of structural issues to fix and that confidence issue before uh, you really can get a sustained recovery. Interesting. I was reading an article that said so far the approach to youth unemployment in China has been the government sort of shifting the blame to the young and saying this is because of your high expectations. But as you point out, it's an important indicator and has ramifications also for the housing market. So to recap, Country Garden has reportedly reached a deal with its creditors that will give it more time to meet domestic debt payments. There are reports that not everyone's on board with the 3.9 billion yuan deal The clock is ticking, though, on Country Garden's overseas debts. It does need to pay more than $22 million in interest by 
tomorrow. So stay tuned to see how this all pans out and what this means as well for broader markets. Time for corporate news. Where's my clock? All right. Time for up or down. We do have time. Let's start with SM Entertainment. That's a Korean K-pop company. And in fact, one of the biggest rivals to HYBE, the company between mm. uh, behind BTS. What yeah, do you think? If you're a K-pop fan uh-huh. and you know the likes of Shiny or Girls' Generation, well, SM Entertainment is the label behind them. Well, they've come up with a new hmm. seven-member boy group. As if you need more, but uh, <laughs> I guess there's an appetite for it. So it's called Rise. It's a combination or shorthand for Rise and Realize. Well, this is worth noting because it's the first band that is being launched since the fallout between the company and its charismatic founder, uh, Lee. Uh, this is um, something that is possibly going to help the company's fortunes and already Rise has signed with Sony Music Entertainment's RCA Records, which is behind Justin Timberlake mm. and Doja Cat. So promising start so far. So this is the first time in three years that SM Entertainment has launched a new boy band, has been born, and it is called Rise. It's spelled with two I's, by the way. R-I-I-Z-E. Meant to be a smooshing of Rise and Realize. So it has seven members, six Koreans, one Japanese, and their first album is called Get a Guitar. SM Entertainment, by the way, has been locked in a power struggle with its rival. Are they called Hybe or Hype? I'll go with Hype. Hype. Okay, so really this is something that you could turn into a Netflix series. SM Entertainment's founder actually sold his stake to Hype, leaving SM Entertainment out in the cold looking for a white knight. It found one in the Korean internet giant Kakao. But regardless of politics, maybe even because of it, SM Entertainment shares are outperforming Hybe. They've more than doubled over the past year. Of course, the guys behind BTS. So Rise, perhaps a way to take on BTS, or I just feel the gap they are kind of missing right now. Oh my goodness, sounds Mm. like it's turned to manga series. All right, next up, let's look at diamond prices. Diamond prices are reportedly in free fall. Now, for one thing, demand is down with consumers spending much more on travel and experiences. More than that, you know, mozzanite, those lab-grown diamonds, are taking a big share of the market. This could be bad news for De Beers and its parent, the Anglo-American company. If you are in the market for a beautiful, sparkly diamond, don't get too excited. Bloomberg reports that retail prices of diamond rings are not falling in line with the stones. What are you seeing when you look at diamonds? Yeah, I always feel they are quite overpriced. (laughs) So I would (laughs) expect them to drop because... You now have more competition. You pointed out uh, lab-grown diamonds among them. And lab-grown diamonds are, in a way, more sustainable because you don't have to mine them. You don't have to truck them around. Mm. You just grow them in a lab. I think there is a growing appetite for that category, which, of course, cannibalize the conventional diamonds. So I would expect prices to drop eventually. All right. Hopefully. Not yet, though, according to Bloomberg at least for diamond rings. Let's look at City Development's CDL appears to be on a buying spree. It's bought that hotel in Osaka. I'm going to give CDL an up this morning. Uh, you know, it spent nearly $80 million for this property. What do you think? Yeah, it looks like Japan is the place to go, not just for stock buyers, but also property buyers. Mm. So CDL perhaps seeing some value there with the weakness of the yen, going shopping and adding a hotel, 256 rooms, Osaka Hotel for $58 million, which is going to be its third acquisition this year. 
Indeed. Hopefully these investments uh, will give the company a boost. You know, as you mentioned, the third hotel acquisition this year. I'm going to give CDL an up. CDL shares rallied on the news yesterday, but they are in the red for the year, down 17% since January. Let's look at Maple Tree Logistics Trust. All right. Maple Tree in a selling mood in Japan. Mm. And they are selling a warehouse for $69 million in Ibaraki Prefecture for well, what is being described as letting go of non-core properties uh, following the acquisition of a logistics portfolio from CBRE Investments. So I guess a bit of um, reshuffling of assets. Uh, well, where City Developments is buying Maple Tree Logistics Trust is selling. So it's selling off the industrial property in Japan, streamlining its assets, sold that property for $95 million. MLT shares up about 6.25% this year, and the company has a dividend yield of more than 5%. So it looks like the strategy is paying off. I'm going to give Maple Tree Logistics Trust an up. Let's check in on the local markets now. The Straits Times Index started the month of September off on a positive note yesterday, rising 0.2% to finish just shy of 32.39. Thai Bev and City Developments were the biggest gainers among the blue chips, rising 1.8%. On the flip side, investors appear to be taking profit in shares of Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding and Semcorp Industries. Now, both counters fell about 3.5% yesterday, though both still have solid gains for the year. Our last word of the day belongs to Taylor Swift and no... I still don't have tickets to her concert in March next year. But there might be another way, if you're in the same boat as me, maybe another way to catch one of her shows. In a cinema, a film of Taylor Swift's Eras tour is due to be released in the US in October. AMC Theatres promising to screen it four times a day. Imagine that on Thursdays and weekends. The concert film already has recorded 26 million US dollars in pre-sales in its first 24 hours. Insane. That's only at AMC, not at other cinemas where the movie is also going to be screened. Those pre-sale figures blow out Spider-Man, the movie, uh, No Way Home. You know that one? Yep, yep. You watch that? Um, not yet. <laughs> so I might to watch this. Yeah, it's quite... A big uh, achievement. 26 million ways to make more money. You already uh, have a concert. Why not just film it and put it in the cinemas? Uh, next thing I think will be some sort of NFT around it and then three-dimensional Taylor Swift. I wonder how they're going to price it though because it's a concert in a cinema. Will you have front row seats that will cost more and so on? You know, like Because it's not exactly <laughs> the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, segmented seating just like in a concert. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you might actually get a better view of you sitting further away from the screen. Yeah, that too. So yeah. I am going to wait for it to hit Netflix or something. I'm not going to pay more money to Taylor Swift. Oh, really? I'm going to watch it. I'm gonna, I want to see what the experience is like. So news that this Taylor Swift concert film is going to be hitting US cinemas in October gave AMC Entertainment shares a really big boost. They spiked as much as 9% last week. But let's look at it in context. Down still nearly 70% over the past month. Uh, no word yet, though, on whether this concert film will be released here in Singapore. Maybe they don't want to give away too much before Swift comes yeah, here. There are prices already reviewed. An adult ticket will cost nineteen eighty nine, which I believe not here, is right? not here okay, in yeah. the North American okay. uh, release. Mm-hmm. Nineteen eighty nine for an adult uh, ticket and that's, that's okay. after the album, I think name, one of them. And then a child ticket apparently is costing thirteen 
13, which is apparently her favorite number, 13. So, I don't think she really cares about making money with how she's pricing these tickets. Very affordable indeed. Well, it's International Charity Day, did you say? Yes, it is. All right. So, why not start the day by doing something good for someone? I still don't have Taylor Swift tickets, so you can always donate yours to mine. All right. um, Fingers crossed, Michelle. (laughs) Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.